0: Photo by Ion7 at Ionelsaban on Pexels.com. Reinsurance agreements with non-US offshore reinsurers usually involve a reinsurance trust with a bank acting as trustee. These trust agreements typically absolve the trustee from nearly all liability because of their ministerial role in the reinsurance transaction. This is very common in offshore life, annuity and long-term care reinsurance agreements. In the last several years, However, trustees have come under scrutiny because some offshore reinsurers were not quite on the up and up and the assets placed in the trust accounts and managed by the reinsurers affiliated investment managers have been substandard. This, of course, has caused the reinsurance arrangement to collapse, regulatory issues and often the total loss of the assets meant to secure the cedent's losses. Because these reinsurers typically do not have assets on shore, some of their cedents have gone after the trustees seeking damages. In a recent case in New York State court. The motion court granted the trustee's motion to dismiss but the intermediate appellate court found otherwise and reversed. In Bankers Conseco Life Insurance Company v. Wilmington Trust, National Association, No. 13185, NYAP, Division 1st Department April 20, 2021, a long-term care reinsurance deal resulted in serious problems for the seton when the regulator declared that many of the assets in the trust account were not eligible assets. Not only were the assets not eligible, but they were non-negotiable. The Sedan was forced to recapture the business and terminate the reinsurance agreements while taking a substantial loss. The reinsurer, which was not involved in this lawsuit, was the alter ego of a private equity fund that devised a scheme to defraud insurance companies. While the trust agreement limited the trustee's liability and responsibility, it was not responsible to determine whether the assets were eligible under state law to be placed into a reinsurance trust account. The agreement did have certain provisions that the court found important. Greater than, however, the agreements did provide that the trustee was not to accept into the trusts any non negotiable assets, meaning assets that were not capable of being liquidated at a moment's notice without the need to clear any administrative hurdles. Further, the agreements provided that the trustee would only be liable for its own negligence, willful misconduct, or lack of good faith in connection with its performance and that in no event shall, the trustee, be liable under or in connection with this, trust agreement for indirect, special, incidental, punitive or consequential losses or damages of any kind whatsoever. In reversing the motion court and reinstating the causes of action for breach of contract and breach of fiduciary duty against the trustee, the court agreed with the Seedon that the breach of contract claim was prematurely dismissed prior to factual and expert discovery. The court found that greater than there is merit to plaintiff's argument that when the assets proved not to be negotiable, they lost the benefit of their bargain and were entitled to recover as direct damages the diminution in value and the concomitant costs of restoring the assets to negotiable status, such as professional fees greater than it is simply unclear under the case law whether the trust agreements bar plaintiffs from recovering damages based on the fact that the trustee's negligence in allowing the placement of non-negotiable assets in the trusts resulted in the trust containing assets, beneficially owned by plaintiffs, that were lower in value than they would have been had, the trustee, performed its duties. In the absence of clear precedent supporting, the trustee's, position that the only conceivable direct damages against a sophisticated trustee who negligently performs gatekeeping duties are measured entirely based on the fees paid to the trustee, a trier of fact must resolve the ambiguity as to what constitutes recoverable direct damages versus unrecoverable consequential damages in a damages limitation provision where, as here, a gatekeeper negligently fails to perform. On the breach of fiduciary duty claim, The court held that the trustee's designation raised the question of whether the trustee owed a fiduciary duty to the cedent as beneficiaries of the trust separate from the trustee's contractual duties under the trust agreement. Greater than even though the breach of contract and breach of fiduciary duty claims involve the same conduct, the fiduciary duty claim alleges a breach of a non-contractual duty relating to the trustee's independent duty to perform non-discretionary ministerial duties with respect to the negotiability of assets. Thus, the fact that, the trustee's Failure to prevent non-negotiable assets from entering the trust breached both fiduciary and contractual duties does not bar plaintiffs from seeking damages related to the former, citation omitted. Cases like these are important to banks that serve as reinsurance trustees, but are more important lessons to sedents who are attracted to offshore deals that may be too good to be true. Keeping a watchful eye on the character and quality of the assets in any trust agreement or funds withheld account where the reinsurer is managing the investments through a related affiliate is crucial to avoiding what happened to the seating company in this, and related, cases.